Hello and welcome to the Jabroni Show on CFRC 101.9 FM and what a time to be alive. I mean, you've heard Evan and I talk about this throughout the season, but it's finally on the precipice. The play-in season is coming. A lot of players are not big fans of it because it means they have to work a little harder, but I think it's going to be a huge spectacle. I'm just excited for it. Yeah, the closer, the closer I get, well, the closer, we're basically there. The games are tomorrow night. Um, the nine, the more I think about it, like seven, seven and 10 shouldn't be playing. But that's, it's not worth getting into now. Like, like the nine, 10 game won't feel like a playoff game, nor will the seven, eight to me at least. Um yeah, the more I think, I'm I'm just happy there are more playing games. Like I'm happy we get the chance to watch the Grizzlies uh, get a chance to get in the playoffs. The same with the Hornets. But like the more I think about it, the the less I think a ten seed and a seven seed should probably be playing these games. However, um, I'm excited, and I mean Adam Silver has to be like foaming at the mouth at the at least the the Western Conference matchups. I mean, Lakers Warriors, like he, I don't think he, you could have asked for a better matchup at all. No, I mean these guys. We're talking about the two guys who literally threw parties, dissing each other, finals after finals. Mm-hmm. This is. This is, I know we saw the speculation around LeBron recruiting Steph around the All Star break, but let's be real. These guys are two of the greatest competitors in the NBA right now, and we're about to see a full out war. Yeah. I mean, when, like 20 years from now, when we look at, at this era, and obviously LeBron predates Steph a fair bit um, in, his accompl- in his accomplishments, but like, Obviously, KD will 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 be another one added into. But like twenty years from now, we're gonna think of the the two thousand tens to two thousand twenties, and um, we're gonna be thinking Steph LeBron. So I mean, any chance you get to see them in this type of game, and like, I mean, we remember the finals years ago. Like those were always fun. They never explicitly throw real jabs at each other but there's always and there's definitely a huge mutual respect between the two but there totally does seem like there is like um lebron feels like he has to beat steph and 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 steph of course feels like he has to beat lebron i'd say um lebron feels more that way about steph than durant possibly which is interesting to think about no and i mean the reason and the narrative we're kind of putting around this game right now, we don't have to get fully into it, is why Durant ultimately left Golden State because he didn't get the respect. You can argue if he deserved it or not, but it's all gone back to Steph because it's his team. Correct. Like in in theory, Durant is much more of a contemporary than LeBron. Like their styles, their positions, um, the time they came in the league, but. Steph like Steph gets Steph gets top billing, and I I actually the more I I watched Sun yeah Sun Sunday's game against the Warriors played Memphis to secure the eight seed and I can see why like Steph's a, Steph draws you to the screen because um other than that I'm Lord knows I'm a big Andrew Wiggins guy there's not all that much about the Warriors this season uh 
always fun to watch Draymond too, but like Steph, Steph's a draw. So yeah, that is, um, it, it's just funny to think about how uh, uh, Steph feels like more of LeBron's contemporary than Durant. It's an interesting one. Um, that being said, I'm down to, I'm down to, the next episode will be playoffs. We'll be, we'll be mid first round, I guess. So I'm, I'm down to, um, give some predictions for the series. Maybe just run through the bracket. Yeah, let's go for it. You want to start off in the East, make things easy. Yeah, exactly. The West is a little more complicated. Yes, it is. All right. So we have. Playing games, Indiana versus Charlotte and Boston versus Washington. So I don't want to necessarily speculate who's winning exactly which game, but I do want to, I do want to, um, which, which two of those four teams do you think are making it out? I'll, I'll ask you that and I'll follow up with my answer. I mean, to break how I see it going is I see, the Wizards beating the Celtics in the first play-in game, and then the Celtics beating the winner of the Pacers and Hornets. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Um, I have uh, I have the Wizards and uh, Boston getting in too, but I have Boston beating the Wizards. I think Boston actually, the way they'll play without Brown, and I mean Boston's struggling, struggling, but I actually think um, – Washington's play style of recent will kind of fit into Boston's. So anyways, we both have Boston going to play Brooklyn and then Washington going to play Philly. So now we can run down the East bracket. Um, I'm not going to touch on, we wasted time touching on Washington, Philly and Boston, Brooklyn, in my opinion. I think we're both in fair agreements, Washington could have a couple fun moments against Philadelphia or Brooklyn. Uh, I think a Washington, if somehow Boston couldn't make it in and, and Washington ended up um, facing Brooklyn in the first round, I'd, I'd be super excited for that. A little offense versus offense. Obviously, the Westbrook-KD matchup is set uh, again. Even the Westbrook-Harden matchup, too. Um, that would excite me a lot. But I don't think – are you with me on that? Are Philadelphia and Brooklyn are – do you want to call them locks? I think we can lock the key and uh, lock the lock and throw away the key. Yeah, I think so too. I okay. wouldn't say it's sweeps, but you know we don't need to spend more than this 30 seconds we've already done. Mm-hmm. The more I think about it, the um, – man, Washington, Washington, Brooklyn could be a lot of fun. The narratives and the games will be great to watch for sure. Yeah, but as like- far as the final outcome, I see the – Nuts, like edging out uh, the Wizards 99 out of 100 times. Yeah, totally agree. Um, but you could get some crazy, like 140 to 130 games in there. Uh, like 20, 20, 20 from Westbrook. I wouldn't even be surprised. Yeah. Um, next one's Milwaukee, Miami. This is probably, in a way, a weird way, the most it, it, intriguing series in the first round, to me at least. I think it's funny. I think Milwaukee has been a bit slept on this whole season. I think I think Middleton hasn't gone anywhere. Obviously, we know what Kayanis can do. Um, and then 
I think I think the addition of Drew Holiday is massive. I don't think he actually comes up that big against Miami. So, anyways, where I'm getting at is I actually think in the past three years, this is as crazy as it sounds because the East is the toughest it's been in the past over many years. Um, this is the best team Milwaukee's had, and I think it's the best chance of them making it to the finals that they've had. That being said, I think Miami, as I know this sounds crazy again. Milwaukee could have a tougher time beating Miami than like they could like even a Brooklyn or Philadelphia. This is going to be a tough series for them. No doubt. And I've been kind of pushing Milwaukee as my sleepers, uh, sleeper winner for the Eastern Conference just because of the narratives we've been talking about throughout the entire season where they've been more open to flexible play, trying out different lineups, trying to just see what works. But the same goes with the Heat. The Heat are not the sixth best team in the East. They've suffered majorly from injuries. Their big trade acquisitions like Victor Oladipo have not worked out to say the least. And honestly, I'm looking at this team right now and I know this is off topic, but if they got Kyle Lowry, they'd be looking so much better right now. Total agreeance with that. My thing is, uh, like if you're Milwaukee, I feel like... If I'm Giannis, at least, I'd probably rather Embiid covering me than Bam. I think I think Bam could be, um, I think Bam could be like Giannis's potentially scariest matchup, like in the playoffs. Other than I don't, I don't even think Gobert can really stay with Giannis. I think I think that Bam, because they're gonna stick Bam to him presumably. I think that's really scary, and I think the Miami mentality, like I, I just think. Milwaukee can tend to be we've just never seen them be that mentally strong so I think I think there's potential for just like uh not a Milwaukee collapse but my for Miami to really to really push them yeah no Bam is gonna be the linchpin in this series for Miami and as great as Jimmy Butler is especially in these playoff situations where he goes into each game no matter who he's playing thinking he's the best player on the court huge advantage in the playoffs but no, this is probably the most exciting first round series, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say if if Dragic and Hero both play out of their minds, I have Miami, but otherwise Milwaukee. Yeah, just couldn't have said it better myself. Moving on, another interesting one, um, because of the different styles they play, we got Knicks versus Atlanta. I'm I mean, we're all here for Knicks playoff basketball. We're big RJ Barrett fans. Julius Randle has been a tasty surprise this season, and I think we're both a little bit of Trey Young haters. So I'll be interested to see which direction you're thinking here. I'm I'm totally I'm totally on Knicks this series. I think I think the matchup totally benefits the Knicks. I, I don't think Atlanta can play the grind it out. But like at the same time, um Atlanta's gonna take games off them. And if if it goes to a seven, who knows? But I, I'm I'm confident in the Knicks. I just think I think I think Atlanta's. I think they're going to have a really tough time winning winning four games against the Knicks. No, I totally agree with you. The Knicks' style of play, I mean, it's been so impressive to watch what Tibbs has done with this team this season. I love the fact they picked up D Rose. He's been way better than I honestly could have imagined in the minutes he's playing, and the fact that nobody's even talking about a fluke injury just shows how far he's come. Hmm. Yeah, like uh, to me, like Atlanta could literally blow out the Knicks in the first game, and I'd I'd still just believe that 
they'd have a tough time doing it again three more times. So I, yeah, I'm sticking next. No, and I feel like we might not be giving Atlanta truly its flowers because, like you said, they are going to take some games off it. John Collins has been impressive. I mean, Capella, biggest, man. Capella's yeah, Capella, been very underrated. Capella's extremely underrated. And I was going to say the kind of underrated tale that would have, I think, almost shifted the landscape of the East this year was the Bogdanovich trade going sour to Milwaukee. And he's looked, when Trey Young was out, he looked phenomenal. Mm hmm. Atlanta's also getting DeAndre Hunter back. So so Atlanta actually it, it does have a lot of talent. I just I just again it's a style thing for me. We're gonna move on because we're a bit pressed for time, but Knicks versus Philadelphia. If there's anyone who can actually if there's any one of the four to eight seeds in the East who can give Philadelphia a bit of a run, it it, it, it probably would be the Knicks, but I mean Philadelphia is better. Yeah, I think we all know what Philly can do. You and I certainly spent a lot of time watching them throughout the years, especially with their Game 7 matchup with Toronto in 2019. This team means business. And last year was, I want to say disappointing, but honestly, it was embarrassing. So I think they're going to be embarrassing. They didn't have Simmons, but yeah. Um, I think think Doc, even though he's practically collapsed totally with the Clippers in the playoffs for however many years in the past... um, I think I think I think having Doc in the playoffs helps them. Uh, so yeah, I, I take Philly. An interesting matchup to look at though is is Nerlens Noel versus um, Embiid. Noel's turned in one of the best defensive years out of anyone. Um, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. We could probably talk about this for ten minutes again. I maybe like we, we're not even going to make it over to the West Side in the time we have. Anyways. Uh, Brooklyn Milwaukee, really, really close one. Um, I actually have Milwaukee though, and I I know how good Brooklyn is, and to me, it's just the Harden factor that makes me cringe when I say Milwaukee over Brooklyn. But um, I think that again, the Drew Holiday factor is a big one. I think people are underrating that. Um, I'm on yeah, board. I, I have Milwaukee, but I almost don't want to. I just I, Harden scares me. It gives me a pit in my stomach when I put that take out there when I say Milwaukee over Brooklyn, and I'm surprised we're actually on the same page about this. But the kind of the way I break it down in my head is Drew Holiday holds one of those three guys to their averages the entire series. And man, beyond it, that, Giannis if, locks down KD. That's what I'm saying. Like, what if Giannis is just totally dedicated to locking down KD, and then Drew Holiday has another guy? Like, the Nets are still scoring 120 a night, but like. Their end-of-game buckets aren't coming that easy. No, and especially... I mean, the fact the Big Three's only played eight games together gives me some pause as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's... You know, it, to me, it's a, like, as Rick as it sounds, Kyrie, Harden, and all, and Kitty are all, like, give them the ball in the clutch. I mean, that's, like, more than happy with any of them. But, like, the last five minutes of the game... Um, They'll play it even with Milwaukee, I feel like. The last five minutes of the game, I don't know why I feel like Milwaukee has the edge, even though Brooklyn has all the kind of one-on-one scores. No, it really is. Like, as much as we're saying this, we could. this is a take that I could complete. This could be on freezing cold takes within the month. Easily. But just this, it's another style thing. It's like a more enhanced version of the Knicks versus Atlanta series. 
Yeah. Yeah, kind of. My thing is I just I, I think Milwaukee has surprising depth and I keep on saying it, but like I think Milwaukee's they haven't played this style of year they haven't played this style this year yet because they haven't really had to and there's been no reason. But I think Milwaukee's defense could be um I think like obviously uh the Knicks defense has kind of played the best in, in Utah's as well. Um, but like Milwaukee's playoff defense, I think, and and going back to what I just said, I think the Knicks defense has a lot to do with their slowed pace. But I think Milwaukee's defense is actually could be like their sleeping giant, honestly. No, and we've we've seen what they look like when they're engaged on defense for an entire season. There's a reason why Giannis is in Defensive Player of the Year talks multiple years in a row when he is putting his foot to the floor. Yeah, that's a funny thing. By the way, I I feel like I have to bring it up. Do you want to do do you want to do our west the west side of the bracket next week just cuz we're pressed for time? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um I was thinking about this cuz I was like who's actually the best defensive player in the like league in terms of impact? And the answer I came up with was probably 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 Rudy Gobert. Um and then obviously like People have been on the Simmons for Defensive Player of the Year grind. I kind of am too. I think he's like, in terms of shutting superstars down, like I think he's the best, quite possibly the best in the league. Um, obviously, Kawhi, we just haven't really seen it in two years. But like, it, it's kind of funny to think about how Giannis is like quite possibly the best defensive player in the league. Because Gobert doesn't have the Gobert just doesn't have. He has the biggest impact. Um, teams literally cannot score in the paint against him. He changes the game. But like, man, Giannis can, like, everyone jokes about being able to guard one to five and how, like, Giannis actually does it. No, what? I actually, I'm glad you brought this up because, as we all know, the, well, I'm not, I'm not sure if we all know, but the Basketball Hall of Fame class was recently inducted. And we saw Ben Wallace enter in that class. And there's kind of a nice little article written about how he was kind of the first one through five defender mm-hmm. who could guard Shaq and as well as the point guard. Yeah, and Ben Wallace article- was sorry, Ben Wallace was low key like six six, no? Yeah. Yeah. Short okay. too. Right. Yeah, it builds into my next point. And the article was talking about how even at his height, he could take on these larger centers as well. But imagine if he and he did have elite rim protection because of his hot hops. But imagine if he was six eleven and had an offensive touch. And I'm like, that's Giannis in my mind. Exactly. He, he's uh, not on the yeah. same defensive level as Ben Wallace. I want to make that clear. But as far as balancing out, kind of creating that type of player at a couple inches of height in an offensive flair, I think that's who we're looking at. Yeah, more or less. Like Gobert's just like. He, he just can't do perimeter. And I spoke just two minutes ago about how impactful he is. Like obviously LeBron and then some people consider, I mean, AD. Like I, I, I generally don't think that, that AD and, and Gobert can cover both Steph Curry. And I'm trying to think, and then beat. I, I, I genuinely believe Giannis can. I think maybe him, him, Simmons, and obviously LeBron running tries, maybe the only players in the league. 
And with that being said, that means we'd be seeing Milwaukee and um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Finals. Which I would be really excited about. I think I think whoever Brooklyn gets through in the East, and I know we were talking about how there would be some fun with Washington. I don't think there's really any animosity between Brooklyn and anyone. I think Milwaukee, Philadelphia, like I, I think that that could be like a f- fun, fun series in terms of like I, I feel like they'd go at it pretty aggressively, and I also feel like it would be incredibly even. No, this. In my opinion, this might be the this would be the toughest series to call, maybe in the East and the West. To be honest, yeah. Like if if Brooklyn if Brooklyn and Philly were facing off, I'd feel pretty confident in Brooklyn. Um, I'd get that out of the way. But but Milwaukee, Philadelphia, like that's, I don't know. I mean, let's look at it quickly. One through five, we've got Ben Simmons. With um, Drew Holiday, two defensive stalwarts. I mean, completely different builds, but kind of contribute not really similar things, but comparable things on the floor, if that makes sense. Uh huh. But Drew Drew Holiday's uh, value is a bit diminished against Philadelphia because they don't they don't have any big perimeter dribbling uh, going on. Um, I think for me, like. Milwaukee win just because they have a bit more, like, not necessarily firepower, but scoring power. But, like, other than that, they seem incredibly even to me. I think the key in that series for Philadelphia will be Tobias Harris and how effective he can be facing the coverage from players. I mean, like, potentially Giannis or Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis as well. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like Tobias Harris will be the X factor, um, regardless of obviously not. They won't need him too much the first two rounds, but regardless if they're going to make a deep run, he has to be amazing. Um, and obviously, like another thing about Philadelphia is like they've got to be uh, they've got to be healthy. They are right now, but um, that could change in the playoffs. Um, I I want to give the edge to Milwaukee. I feel like if I'm picking Milwaukee over Brooklyn, I have to pick them over Philadelphia as well. Right. I'm sure like every new series is a new series. Each is different. Matchups are different. It plays to your matchups, whatever, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But I truly believe in Milwaukee this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm sticking with Milwaukee too. And and you mentioned a couple of them, Blake. People people even sleep on, you know, Bryn Forbes and and Bobby Portis. And I know Brooklyn's got guys like uh Luabu Cabro and and Bruce Brown uh Bruce Brown and Philly's got some guys up their sleeves too. But like Clacton. Yeah, I think Milwaukee's just they just they, they're missing the, the, the closer. Um, just because I don't think Middleton's there yet, but but they feel like they have they're they feel like they have everything to me. No, I mean Pat Con like just kind of the role players. Bobby Portis, although with low volume, he's one of the most efficient three point shooters in the looks he does get in the league. Uh huh. Divincenzo, yeah. It's if they had like I've said a million times that Bogdanovich piece is killer swapping out Divincenzo for him, but beyond that, it's a great squad. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess those are our East predictions. Uh, we're running a bit close on time, so we can jump right into window of the week. Uh, this week we wanted to, um, we'll say we're inspired by J. Cole's recent album release. A um, bunch of basketball references. The cover itself is kind of in basketball references and a lot of NBA name drops. So with that being said, um, we wanted to draft four of our own favorite um, NBA name drops and rap songs or any songs. Um, I mean, Jay-Z says it best. You know, rappers want to be ball players. Ball players want to be rappers. It's an interesting relationship between the two, but it's created some very good uh, uh, lines mentioned in rap, uh, basketball players. So we can get into that. I think you're the hip hop aficionado out of the two of us, so I want to give you the first overall pick here. Um, first, it happened in '95, '96, kind of the perfect timing. Um, Biggie was at the height of his career just before he died. Shaq was coming in. This was the time he beat Jordan in the playoffs. Um, both similar stature, both kind of the best of what they do. It feels like um, I'm slamming suckers like Shaquille. Feces is real. I mean, of course, you can guess what it says. When it's time to eat a meal, I rhyme and seal. There's something about it. It, it was perfect. Um, hearing it in my voice doesn't sound as good, but at the time, at the time, that probably hit tremendously hard. No, it's I I I can't argue with that pick at all. I'll let you go for two, and then I'll, all right. I'll get back on mine. For two, I think I got to go with uh, from Empire State of Mind, Lighter's Clique. If Jeezy's paying LeBron, I'm paying Dwayne Wade. You know what that line's actually about, eh? No. <laughs> it's so their so they're, they're numbers at the time, uh, six and three. It, um, uh, maybe I shouldn't say it on air, but they're actually referring to how much they want to uh, Jay-Z's paying for his narcotics versus um, how much his competitors are. So his competitors are playing six for a certain amount of um, unnamed substance. but um, And he's paying three. That's actually the underlying joke that not many people know. I did not know. But yes. And then with my next pick, um, I'm going with, I mean, this is a tough one for me. I'm trying to. I want to. No, I'm not gonna do that one. Um, ugh. I feel like my bag isn't as deep as yours here. It's but fine I, if you're if you only have two or three. I can I can fill in for you. Yeah, uh, I was gonna go with. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with the Dennis Smith Jr. name drop in uh in a lot. And Markel Fultz, too. And Markel Fultz, just because I love the fact that he was shouting out kind of two lower-profile players. And, I, like, I, I think it was just smooth. It rolled with the song and kind of with who J. Cole is as a person. I love that one, too. At the time, I had like, I, like, I hadn't seen Twitter before I listened to it the first time, and it was like a, it was like a nice surprise. And I, the Markel thing was nice, too. Going quickly into mine, because we're running out of time. Uh, how can you forget? It was like at the time where Drake was becoming his biggest and most associated with the Raptors, and like the Raptors were kind of getting their swag. So the the six man like him, Lou Will, 
uh two girls and they get along like i'm lou everyone knows lou williams has two girlfriends um who like drake mentions get along well uh that's that's one for me that's that's uh, that i've always enjoyed the next one just a clever one stay with the tech like bill lambeer big l said it back in the 90s uh tech is a another word to say it's a it's a type of uh automatic machine gun um bill lambeer used to get a lot of technicals stay with the tech like i'm bill lambeer clever in my mind i'll kick it to you for the next two all right so i'm going with a uh, hometown hero uh the song i spy by kyle i'm like derozan if i shoot it it goes in that right i I thought you were gonna me every time it is a nice little it's hard not to sing along to that one hit a little flick wrist when in the air when i'm listening i mean just hits a little different yeah yeah and then for my next another drake reference um from jump man when i hit that ginobili up with my left like woo i'm not exactly doing the lyric justice but if you've heard the song you know what i'm talking about yeah no the tempo of that line also comes in great that's like uh that's another good one i actually like that one um hmm for the last one to go, I'll just go the go crazy featuring Beyonce classic. Jay-Z says, I handle the rock like Van Axel. Nick Van Axel, one of the craftiest uh, at handling the basketball. Jay-Z used to sell, I handle the rock like. Very clever. We'll finish on that. Yeah, no. And on that note, you're listening to The Jabroni Show on CFRC 101.9 FM. I hope everybody has a great morning and a great play in uh, week. Hey, we're, we're Paragon Cause. And you're listening to JB on CFRC 101.9 FM. FM. Hello, I'm Tamara Cicerella, a counselor serving area residents who live with addictions or mental health concerns. Deeply committed workers like me assist people in reaching their recovery goals. On April 1st, Addictions and Mental Health Services in Kingston and Frontenac joins Lennox and Addicton in offering confidential, quality services. Addictions Mental Health Services, Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox and Addington is committed to providing the best possible services to all who need it. For more information in Kingston and Frontenac, call 613-544-1356 or in Lennox and Addington, 613-354-7388.